0: He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the Call Center Geek himself, Tom Laird. What is up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek. My name is Tom Laird. I am the CEO here at Expedia. Expedia is a 600-seat call center outsourcer located here in uh, Northwestern PA. Hope everybody is doing well. I want to uh attack this first uh, first day, it's a Tuesday as I record this, right after Memorial Day. So it is June 1st, 2021, and what better way to get the week started after the long Memorial Day weekend than, uh, than, than let's do a podcast. Let's talk about some stuff that I've been putting some notes together over the weekend. Um, and I want to talk about your quality monitoring in your call center. Um you know what is quality monitoring and I know we we've kind of touched on this on some other episodes but I want to kind of give you 10 steps to to master your your call center quality and, and and things to really look on to improve. So again this is a huge piece of of where I know a lot of you guys are at. I've had a lot of questions come in too even on software right from from QMA software and QA software of you know what tools how should we score calls those types of things. So it's really cool to see that you know I don't know it I'm we're getting away a little bit at least from the questions coming into me on you know how do we push these things to self-service how do we save money in our call center and I'm starting to see kind of a a resurgence I think in quality which is which is pretty cool um, and and hopefully that's industry-wide I' mean obviously I just have a kind of a small snapshot but still I think it's it's kind of relative to to where things are at so let's kind of dive into this right away you know and and, and really what is call quality? What are the some of the the things that you know we need to measure um, to to say hey you know we do have positive calls like our our calls are um, we're efficient we're getting the customer what they need they're getting a good experience right it's not just the customer experience but really you know to have a, a quality call right we got to hit a bunch of different KPIs because it's got to be efficient for the organization uh, we have to be able to to quote unquote make money or. Or, you know, n- not spend a ton of time and a ton of money on calls, uh, depending on our culture, right? Uh, but still, we need to make sure that we're, we're checkmarking the things that the customer wants. So, again, I think, you know, the the elements that lead to success, and a lot of this is is probably self-explanatory, but I think it, it bears to mind, you know, some of these things to make sure that we understand, you know, what we're trying to measure when we're talking about really high-quality calls. So, number one, is nothing to do with the actual rep, but it's short wait times, right it's very difficult to have quality calls and to give your reps even a chance if you're not staffed appropriately right so short wait times are are really important you know, you, you guys always hear me talk about the tone is the message right and i think that that resonates really 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 heavy in, into all of this so proper tone of voice is huge and again it's it's not really what you say it's how you say it and that needs to be educated with all your reps you know through and through their their training process you know, skilled or active listening is really important, um, especially with reps that hear the same things over and over and over, right? So, you know, maybe there is, you know, the, the top five or six things that come in and that's 70% of your calls. So they just a lot of times reps will just assume what the issue is and, and kind of tone the the customer out. When sometimes there's or a lot of times there's there's some nuance to everybody's call. So you know, to really to be active listening, it's a skill. Um, making sure that we understand, you know, what's what's the it, real issue and not just kind of assuming it. Um, appropriate speaking speed, I think, is is important, right? And this goes to, you know, whether it's the, the different places of the country, um, whether it is uh, somebody who's maybe, you know, and I don't want to stereotype, but, you know, maybe they're a little bit older or, you know, need you to explain a little bit more. And, and not every customer is the same. I guess that's the bottom line with this without me maybe getting into trouble. But just kind of understanding where the customer's coming from, what what type of individual are you, are you speaking with, and making sure that, you know, your voice and the tone and the things that you're talking to them kind of resonates, you know, well with them. Using the right language for your culture or for the culture of the customer that you're, maybe for us being a BPO, that we're answering calls for, right? So, you know, if if you have a, you're a high-end retailer that kind of caters to, you know, skateboarders and teens, you're probably going to have a different tone than if you're dealing with a fortune 100 bank. Right. And I think that that's something that we all miss upon. And some of the, I don't say cooler call centers or cooler customers or cooler companies kind of get that right. So there is a, a language, right. That matches the culture of your customer. And I think that needs to be, really relay to the reps, too, of, of what they can say. Can they say, no, cool, cool, that's awesome. Or can they say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, right? How is that language of the customer, the language of the culture of your organization being transferred to those reps? And that's a big, kind of a big deal. Um, and a lot of times we, we all fall kind of short of, of doing some of those things. I think, you know, demonstrating emotional intelligence is, is really, really important and, and really understanding where the customer is coming from and maybe reading between the lines, right? Right. And, and the really high end reps can kind of do that. And, you know, with that, they can, they can ask pointed questions where they, they kind of know maybe where the customer's going. Uh, maybe there's something that's embarrassing or there's something that maybe the customer is, is kind of hiding. Um, but they want to make sure that they, we try to get out and, and you kind of understand that, that emotional IQ with it. And you know, I think we just need to to manage the the customer expectations as well, right? So understand that, you know, there's there's going to be certain customers that um you're not going to be able to help. Um but understanding, you know, the doing the best we possibly can with, with every call is 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 something that you know we all talk about. It's very difficult to do. Um but I, I think that you know making sure that we're not uh overpromising. Um, Especially when it comes to you know our customer service or things that we have is is really important. So I I think if you kind of tie all those in, that's a a nice snapshot of of what will give you real high quality calls in your call center. If, If you're doing a lot of these different things in training, especially if you're educating the proper tone, if you're educating active listening and skilled listening, if you're talking about the appropriate. Speech patterns and speed of speech, and also using kind of the right cultural language, um, I think is is a really huge way that you can kind of build a lot of rapport with with customers, um, and 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 kind of I don't know, build that trust with the brand um, that that you have their best interest, that the customer's best interest at heart. So, having said that, let's talk about you know ten steps that I think we can. I don't want to say master call quality monitoring, uh, but can definitely get you on the right path. Some of these are tools and, and things that we can purchase. Other of these are, you know, t- kind of tactics and processes that that we can do. So here, here's kind of 10 steps to master, you know, call quality monitoring. Um, and number one, and some of you guys are going to probably <laughs> turn this off right now, but don't just let me get through. Number one is is invest in speech analytics, I know I'm. A, I am the biggest speech analytics person ever. Um, I don't think it's very expensive. I think it's a and it's an invaluable tool for your call center. Um, and I don't even care if you're using it to to track trending keywords, but just to get sentiment scores on your agents and on your customers, I think is is a huge piece of of today's um, monitoring. Having said that, just not the speech analytics, but when you're talking about QA now, it's kind of turned into QMA right? Which is quality monitoring with analytics. And these new tools that most of the cloud providers have and the analytics platforms have allow you to take your scoring to a whole different level, right? So you're not just trying to kind of find that needle in a haystack of a rep, maybe doing something wrong or or a coaching opportunity, but really putting things in so that the the computer, the system, the platform is listening for, for a ton of different things. Um, and then scoring things appropriately as well. So it's not just, you know, the human being, but it's kind of the the tie-in with the the human and the machine. Um, So I think, you know, your platform is a huge piece. But even worst-case scenario, make sure that you have some scorecards set up and and those type of things which we're going to get into. You know, number two, believe it or not, I know a lot of you do, most of you do, but there's a lot of you who do not have a QA team, right? A dedicated team just listening to quality. A lot of you are just using supervisors, and I think you're missing the boat on that, even if it's a uh, a small percentage. And, and what we like to do is I like to double my ratio from my supervisors to my QA. So, you know, if we have a 15 to one ratio from a supervisor, what I like to do from a QA standpoint is, is have it like 30 to 40 to one. And I think that, especially with the tools that we have now available, um, get us to where we need to be so we can, you know, we still can monitor um, and get through. You know about you know three calls per agent per week, and if you have the supervisors in there, you're getting a little bit more as well so um I think that that's uh that's huge, and the bigger you get, the more important q a really really becomes number three is make sure that you have your your quality standards that are set right so Consider what's the most important things, what are the most important KPIs that you want your agents to follow? Are you a sales call center where there's upsell and cross-sell and and products that are coming in through the website that you need to try to sell, right? If that's what you are, then let's make sure that, you know, that is weighted a little bit more for our our quality. You know, we're going to make sure that you're educating your reps, again, not just on uh, what to click, but... But how to talk to your to your customers as well, which I think is is really important. And and I like again, I like to break up. And there's we did a whole episode on kind of setting up a scorecard, right? So I like to break things up, like you know, an, an intro, you know, a, kind of a greeting, um, kind of getting into the body of it. Maybe there's upsell, cross sell, there's disclosures, there's you know, whatever pieces of the call that are pretty consistent with the majority of calls, because not every call is the same. Make sure that you set those up and that you're weighting whatever you think is the most important piece of those heavier and not just scoring everything the same. I think that's where a huge mistake happens in 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 QA. All right, number four is, is I think pretty obvious. Make sure that you guys have scorecards, right? And I don't care if a scorecard is a is this call is a one, two, three, an A, B, a C to an F to a, you know, in-depth, you know, one through one hundred. I'm really drilling down on each piece of the call uh making sure that every rep kind of gets it, right? Sorry about that. That's my somebody hit me up on LinkedIn. I think that's that's important. The other thing that I think is important too is is we always have the conversation of of when to do live calls and when to do recorded calls. And you know, I think again, monitoring live calls helps you win the game today, right? That's like in-game coaching. And I use my my basketball coaching references here. And monitoring recorded calls, you know, helps you kind of have a good season. That's kind of your practice. I think you know that's that's a really important kind of dichotomy or, or ways to utilize both of them. So you know if it's important, I think it's more important to be listening to real time calls, right? And then if you are spotting trends with reps or, or some trends with your calls, to go back and listen to recorded calls um, from that aspect. If you have if I had to choose, I'm choosing live calls over recorded calls all day every day. Um, but I think there there is a place and a time for a mixture of a, of both. So again, you know with when it comes to recorded calls, right you're you're really looking at overall quality, you're looking at overall trends. This is where analytics really comes into play as well. Um, and I think you know that's a that's a big piece of it. Number six, I think that you should make the agents part of the evaluation process, right? So you know when you are scoring a getting back to the recorded calls, this is another great use for them is if you do have a rep, that's a little bit lower. You know, just pull some random calls and let's score them together. Right. And I think that they'll start to see, wow, you know what, that's a good point. I see why they're doing that. Right. And again, this isn't a beat up Susie or Janie or Jimmy, but this is just a, hey, let's do this together so you can kind of see where I'm coming from. Um, so they know you're not picking on them, you're not, you know, <laughs> doing anything that that's just, you know, for their detriment, but you're you're actually trying to trying to help them. So I think that's a that's a really cool thing to to do is is to score calls together and when we do our client monitoring sessions, so we'll have our clients on, and it's normally once a week. We'll actually pull the agents, not all the time, but for a lot of them to sit in on these sessions too, so that, you know, they kind of feel the pain if there is a, a, a rough call or if they didn't handle it well. But they also, you know, the clients are awesome and ecstatic when they do some, something, you know, really good or go go above and beyond. So it's a, it's plus and minuses there as well. All right, number seven, you know, and I think that this kind of goes with Again, the recorded calls and, and, and also, well, I guess the live calls too, but, you know, identify your pain points. You know, if you can use QA or uh, QMA, right, and you can use analytics and you're finding trending keywords and you're finding things that just keep keep coming up, you know, it's it's really important to, to start to put a plan in for everyone with that. That's the cool thing about analytics as well is you can find these trends much quicker than if you just have people kind of listening to them as well. You know, I think that you you need to document the results of, of of call quality as well, right? So you know you know data really drives a lot of this QA process. So um, you know we'll notice you know trends in in, in customer satisfaction and in agent performance, and I think you can use some of those you know tools as well. You know when it comes to not just you know your monitoring, but but having those surveys and, and those types of things. And you guys know where I feel about them. I think that there's a time and place. Again, I'm taking sentiment scores all day over CSAT and, and NPS, uh, but I think that you know there still is a place for those, especially if you're looking for for some specific trends. Also, I like to use QA as a as a management teaching tool, right? So we try to rotate our management trainees into the QA area, and they do a, a two week or three week stint in there. where they're just listening and monitoring and going through the QA manager's kind of process so that they really get good at it and understand kind of the process of of how that all works. And, you know, I think that there's a, there's a way that, you know, you learn so much by doing, and and that's a huge piece. So instead of just saying, Hey, supervisor Janie, or I'm going to keep using that name, but, you know, monitor these calls and tell me what you think to actually train them, to have them go through a process, especially with us. It's really cool because it's different clients, right? So we'll have... Retail clients and financial services clients and tech support and you know uh, upsell, cross sell, and, and just hardcore customer service and so all these different types of channels that they're learning um, and, and seeing the nuances to each program and I think that that really can benefit your your management team as well when they do go out on the floor and they they start to manage. And then the other thing is, I, I think you need to commit to to regular call quality monitoring, right? So you know we try to say we try to score at least three calls per agent per week. Um, some, for some of you that might be super low for some of you that might be super high, but I think you need to at least start to benchmark everybody at, at three calls and, and, and come up with reasonable conclusions on all of them. Make sure that you have a, that scoring system in place so that you can see trends with your agents as well. So, you know, who's kind of struggling, who needs a little bit more, uh, who needs a little bit more love as well. So those are, I think, 10 things to, to kind of hopefully help you with your your quality monitoring um, at least get you to think down that path of of what are some things that are important in our organization and how can we maybe change or nuance some of those things, uh things as well. So again, thank you guys very much. It's June 1st. It's almost summertime. Uh, we just had our mask mandate here in Pennsylvania, totally done as of today. So as long as you're vaccinated, you are uh, free to not wear a mask, which is pretty, pretty awesome. So we're we're really trying to crawl out of this, also have my management team coming back into the office today. Started uh, this morning. It's 11 o'clock a.m. on the East Coast as I'm kind of recording this. So, you know, throughout the day as a supervisor come in with their teams, they're, they're back in the office. So we'll start to have agents come back into the office as well. Uh, you know, starting probably in two weeks. Also, if you did not check it out, um, join the uh, call center tips and tactic LinkedIn group. Um, that's kind of, I guess, my personal LinkedIn group. Um, I just posted uh, the talk that I gave at Nice and Contact Interactions on our whole plan for bringing agents and our whole team back into the office and some of the things that we're going to be doing and what we've seen from a nuanced standpoint, from a workforce management standpoint, and and how things have changed a little bit for us. So if you're planning on getting people back into the office, I think that's a a pretty cool uh, tool and and thing to kind of check out. So again, thank you guys very much. I'll talk to everybody next week. Have an awesome, awesome week.